You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Teen Wolf After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Teen Wolf After Show. Hello, AfterBuzzers. Bing is for doing, and we're here doing another AfterBuzz TV after show for MTV's Teen Wolf, Season 3, Episode 3, Fireflies. I'm your host, Kristen Elizabeth Snyder, and sitting across from me, the lovely Sarah Stretton from AfterBuzz TV. Hi, guys. I'm so glad to be here. (laughs) And our special guest tonight, you may recognize from shows such as Hawaii Five-0, The Secret Life of the American Teenager, Cocktails with Stan, and most recently playing the character of Danny on Teen Wolf, please welcome Kiahu Kahuanui. Hello. <laughs> so happy you could join us this evening. Oh, thanks for having me. So we saw your character last week, and he was taking some big risks in the classroom. Because uh, that's something we can expect from your character, a little foreshadowing. You were taking some <laughs> big risks, and you actually won. So is there a big reward coming for you this season? Uh, you know, risk and reward, risk and reward. <laughs> uh, Dan- and Danny's smart. He knows how to play the game, I think. Yeah, I, I Obviously, he got, I mean, quarter and one, you know? I mean, most people weren't even willing to play, so you're quite yeah. the risk taker this season. That's what I saw. I saw a lot of foreshadowing happen, and in the end, you will be victorious. <laughs> I mean, Danny strikes out twice in the first two seasons, so, uh, you know. It's his time. It's his time. He's got to roll big or don't roll at all. So. And there were some flirty glances in there in that episode. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. some look. I think uh, a Bad little relationship always... <laughs> is brewing with Ethan, one of the Alpha Pack twins, perhaps. Bad stuff always happens in the library, I think. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That is> true. <laughs> I don't um, think I've known a library without a bad reputation. That is a good point. Yeah. People learn things. You the know. more you know. Okay, guys. Well, let's get into our first topic this evening, <laughs> The Hunt. And I really like how we begin this episode. It's like, like a fairy tale. It's very safe. We're playing with children. They're catching the fireflies. Like, for the charming music. It's so magical. It was, like, nostalgic for me. I remember when I was, like catching fireflies as a child and then all of a sudden the big bad wolf shows up and like blows the shed down what, what did you guys take away from that uh, <laughs> don't hide in a mysterious shed in the middle of the woods <laughs> number one keep running <laughs> I mean I was with you I felt like it was really out of this world at first yeah. I thought it was going to be like a memory I thought it was going to be of like Derek and like his sisters and they were like <laughs> growing up like that's where I thought it was going I was expecting like Derek to be like oh Cora, come out of the woods. And then it was like, oh, nope, wolf's coming out. I was like, we're in present time. So, I mean, I liked it too, and I liked that it was kind of a different mood. That's a great point, because the tone was completely different than we've seen in the past. And Teen Wolf has been amping up the episodes each week, bringing us something new and fresh. And I was like, wait, am I watching the right show right now, like checking the channel? It's awesome. It's awesome that they have a way that they can transform us with the music, 
with the scenery. It's it's always something different that they're bringing to the table, and I, I just I'm falling in love with Teen Wolf. <laughs> well, the show's constantly expanding. Yeah. I feel like when we started mm-hmm. off, you know, it was all. It, was, it started just with these like few characters, but now every character is kind of developing their own separate storyline. So it's like the world is expanding, and you keep learning more. I love it. Well, the, the, I mean, the first season you have to develop the the original. I mean, the the regular cast mm-hmm. first, and like explain what's going on, and then introduce everyone's stories and backgrounds and history, and and then even leave out a couple of things. Which you know, season two really started to delve into that too, where right. where you know, some of the reasons why people are the way they are is were explained in explaining their their origin stories. And now season three, I think I think we have a lot more room to play. And with the introduction of so many new characters, I mean, there's just so much potential for relationships to happen or not happen. And um, <laughs> he's smiling over here. Yeah, he is. <laughs> um, and I don't know what else. Your is smile there. is a spoiler right now. <laughs> I said I'm getting happen some, or like, don't happen. I'm getting some imagery in my head right now. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, but we learned this episode that fireflies are a secret weapon for distracting werewolves. <laughs> Noted. Thank you, Teen Wolf. Always teaching me something. Uh, but on this hunt for Boyd and Cora, it was very like superhero-esque with the triumphant and victorious music they had playing. And um, Deucalion wants Derek to kill his pack so he will be com- part of Deucalion's pack. So they're obviously trying not to do that. And um, he decides that he'd rather sacrifice himself than kill his pack. And Scott delicately lets Isaac know that they need better help and uh, than him, and they actually recruit Argent. And I just loved that image of them going into the woods, and it's like this these four people right. coming together, and it was like this hodgepodge of people who've just constantly <laughs> been fighting each other in the past, and they came out like all proud and ready. And then I loved how Allison was had her like flickering scenes in and out of that. Where you, yeah. you kind of get the foreshadowing that she's going to help or something's going to happen, even though she's not quite connected to them. Mm-hmm. Like she obviously played a big part. She's, in- well, she's she's come she's coming in as kind of like a, like this ninja character. It's like yes, like I'm going to do what I want to do on my own terms. Because well, I mean, mm-hmm. she's she's gone through a lot in the first seasons, the first two seasons. I mean, she she was she's had it rough, and then she just lost her mom, and she's like, and and her aunt who was like psycho, right, um, and. Uh, the the other thing was uh, uh, what was it? Boy, so the 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 hunt for Boyd though. Mm-hmm. The, uh, when I I actually have to point out too that Scott, the transformation of of Scott's character from season two and kind of just like failing miserably <laughs> and making it through and finally finally embracing you know his his. Werewolfy, werewolfy, yeah, <laughs> werewolfy. Uh, Stealing that from Styles, and uh, and and also, you know, c- kind of setting goals for himself, and mm-hmm. and then pulling away from from Allison. Uh, it was it was a pretty smart maneuver what he did, uh, telling Argent to give him a ride. He completely manipulated he, he totally him. Totally did, and that's <laughs> I, I feel like that's that's a new side of Scott. It is. Really, it really is a new side. And Argent's like, look, I'm done with this life. Like my father tried to brainwash my daughter to be a killer. I lost my wife. I lost my sister. Like, what more do you want from me? Like, leave me alone, you know. Yeah. And Scott's like, oh, oh, sir, can I just get a ride? Like, hello, did you, did you not yeah. just hear him? Like, I felt bad for him. And and you are manipulating a victim right now. <laughs> but, I mean, Ardent 
and Allison have obviously gone through so much, but there's good in them because they can both, mm-hmm. like, push through that because they see, like, the greater good to help other people, which is why, like, I think we like their characters and or at least are starting to like Arden because in the beginning, I was not a fan. And now I'm like, oh, he's drawing the right side. So that's really cool. And about your the character development of Scott, I think that that just adds to the point that there's reasoning why all of this alpha pack is after him and not Derek. It's mm-hmm. because he is such the a potential. Fast, yeah, he's such a fast learner and he's coming into like well, his alpha-ness. And, and it also shows <laughs> a little bit of the dy- dynamicism of, of the show itself and, and, the, fa- and, and the fact that, that the characters can evolve so drastically. Mm-hmm. I mean, Scott, from season one to season three, almost... Completely different. To- yeah, almost totally different. And... I mean, even Styles is kind of. I mean, he oh, Styles is always the great Styles that he is. Who are you um, gonna call Detective Styles? <laughs> yeah, first, <laughs> not nine nine one, not nine one one. You're gonna call the cops first? What? <laughs> that was amazing. Because what's funny about him is he really believes in what he's saying, and that's where the comedy comes from. Yeah. Because he really believes that she should call him before the cops. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's just so smart. He discovers everything. Yeah, so back back to the hunt. So Allison, yeah, I, she finds out from Scott what her mother was trying to do the night she died. It was that, you know, she actually tried to kill Scott, but Scott didn't want that to be the last memory that Allison had of her mother. So this is obviously going to impact their relationship. And I don't know, at this point, she's like a lone agent. She is operating alone. She's this, like, secret agent. And I, I like how she was flickered throughout the episode and... We really don't know what her plan is, but she's just obviously going to interfere whenever she feels like it. And I really liked how Argent, you know, they were sworn to hunt down these werewolves. And now they're teaming up with an enemy this season. Do you guys think that's going to last, the Argents uh, pairing up with their werewolves? I know you can't really say much, but Sarah, what uh, do you think? Yeah, yeah, I'll leave uh, it. Well, what I just <laughs> have Spoiler. to keep in mind is no the fact that we have seen characters grow so much and become so great which means the show has the potential to also kind of you know have them turn the other way and I think we're going to see someone like fall down the dark side and so I'm kind of waiting to see who that is and I mean with Allison off on her own I mean I'm hoping that she stays as that like ninja fighting for good but (laughs) if it really is on her to decide what she fights for then I think it could be a very slippery slope really easily if she gets mad at someone in this new alliance or whatnot. right that's a great point I don't know I'm just Uh, a little cautious I mean if you look at if you look at a, a lot of villain stories you know it's a lot of times and I'm I'm always like a Empathizer for the for the villains. Oh, I, me too. I always find a, me too. A perfectly, there's always a perfectly good reason as to why they're doing what I they're doing. I completely agree with you. And it's not you. their fault. No. And it's, it's always they're just a victim <laughs> of their circumstances. I absolutely. Agree. And I feel like I feel like if you know Allison, like you said, it's a slippery slope, and Allison has gone through some stuff that like I you, you can't blame her. No. Which which makes you <laughs> like like. Be able to identify with with her and root for yeah. her. Yeah, absolutely. And I really enjoyed learning the hunting tactics. And how about when she kind of just slid her wrist and was like, "No big deal. I'm using this to trap them and to bring them closer to me. I use my scent." Like that was 
A little scary. All the little details, like all the weird technologies and weapons. The high frequency torches. That, I love it. It adds so much detail mm-hmm. to the show, and it makes it fun and exciting because you never, like, even when I remember when the tripwires first came out, it's just like all these little things add these unexpected notes, and I lo- I like the hunt. I like geeky writers. <laughs> yeah, it's so well written. Jeff Takes one Davis. to know one, though. I mean, it's like <laughs> right. I know. I really appreciate the great writing and all the little details that he adds. Mm. I mean, that's what really brings us in. I was so into paying attention to okay, what are we gonna do to get them to the boiler room and. Um, it was just really well edited as well as we were getting those flickering of um, Allison as well. So the plan is to get Boyd and uh, Cora to the boiler room in the high school. And uh, Derek ends up becoming the scratching post until the sun rises. And at this point, I didn't know if it was that decision, be kill or be killed. Because that's what the editing and, you know, the, the music was kind of making the viewer think, okay, is Derek going to have to kill them? Or are is he just going to let them overtake him because he wouldn't kill his pack in that moment? What did you think was going to happen? I mean, I was really surprised. I, for a moment, I was like, you know when you have that moment when something, there's a climax and you're like, show, just keep going. I need five more minutes. If you <laughs> cut to commercial and then don't come back, I'm going to cry. <laughs> so I was, like, I was like, yes, at least we got yes. some answers. <laughs> like, That's it, my show. It was like, you saw the door opening upstairs and the sun coming in, and I was like, I was like, I'm not going to know what happens. They're going to make me wait a week. Come on now. So the fact that they went down, it was a big surprise, and I liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like when shows can keep you on your toes. I, part of me, though, part of me wishes that I could see, like, what he did, you know, what Derek did to hold him back. Like, all of a sudden, they were just collapsed on the ground. So I was like, what happened? I think he literally just held them until the sun came up and just let them, like, claw at him and just took it. <laughs> like like uh, Alpha would. And then we um, we get him, and he tells, you know, Scott and Isaac to take them, and he's going to go uh, take care of the teacher, and he saves her life, so clearly she instantly falls in love with him. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> That's just how it happens. You saved my life. I love you forever, and I owe you everything. Damsel in distress. Right. And so, he's really attractive, so it makes sense. It totally all clicks. And then, will this new love in Derek's life be a distraction, or, you know, does he need a hug right now? What do you guys think? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, did you see the scratches on his, <laughs> he needs, on his chest and back? I mean, he's kind of beat up. Maybe he needs some love. Do you think yeah. he needs some affection? He needs, he's in a little TLC, maybe. I, don't know. I mean, I think it was in season two, I want to say, that they mentioned that um, Derek understood, like, anger and passion, but that he never really understood the power of true young true love good point and so we saw him have obviously kind of a disastrous relationship with kate Mm -hmm. i'm excited for her to have something good but it's crazy that this woman might be a new relationship and we also have cora so that's a lot on like derek's plate like to get your sister back to maybe have a girl there yeah and an alpha pack it's crazy like that's a lot to deal with so and one more question like I know teachers are all awesome and dedicating their lives to students, but do they stay overnight in the high school? She's very this dedicated. One does. <laughs> this one does. Okay, first, uh, we, we were having this conversation, too, about, about the, the boiler room. Uh-huh. Um, because it's it, it's also the the office supply room, <laughs> which and, makes sense. And, and she didn't and, hear them. Okay, okay. Uh, I don't I don't know. I but I I do remember in in middle school. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like if you were a TA 
you would go like the teacher would always send you down. Like you would be the one to go down to the office supply and get like a stack of papers or a stapler or something. Mm-hmm. And I was just I'm just thinking, I'm like, what teacher would want to go down to the boiler room? I'd be like <laughs> Where's there a student when you need one? Like, yeah, especially in or the, the middle janitor of the night. or something. Yeah, like I wouldn't go down there. No, no. The school, maybe they moved it because the school has kind of been suffering from some <laughs> property issues. They've like, been suffering from a lot of issues. Yeah, that a locker lot. room has been turned over like five times. Yeah. So yeah, um, maybe they moved it to the boiler room. Either way, it was creepy, and I, I, I was in my elementary school boiler room, and now that you mentioned that, it was free, it was really creepy, and I don't know why I was there. Thank you. Bad <laughs> memories coming back. Uh, hey, guys, don't forget that you can support AfterBuzz by going to iTunes and YouTube, downloading, rate, subscribe, comment on the show, and if you'd like to join the conversation, you can call our fan line at any point in the show at 424-256-1729. You can also join our live chat at AfterBuzzTV.com. And I have my Twitter up, so if you want to tweet me at Cinematic Escape, I'll read your comments and questions for Kiahu. And I wanted to read a couple of your comments and that you guys left on our video and iTunes last week. Breeze B says, Teen Wolf is the best show on MTV. And Breeze B, we obviously agree. Obviously. Um, obviously. <laughs> and, I'm a totally unbiased. Oh, and I O M O. wishes that we asked Chris, who does stunts last week, who does their own stunts. Uh, So can you answer that, uh, which actors do a lot uh, of their own stunts? You know, um, know, typically you you don't want the actors to do too many stunts, especially ones that they can get really injured because obviously like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they play a big role. Yeah, it's it's like a, you can't necessarily replace them very easily. No. Um, so Face off, hello. <laughs> we we do. I mean, every now and then, like we we'll do some of like the smaller smaller things. Uh, right. I mean, like last last year, I took the fall uh, over over and over again for the uh, uh, lacrosse scene where I get where, where Scott like gives me, gives me a bloody nose. Um, well, it actually hurts. I was going to say. If you, if you, if like, you have to be able to, like, like that's why, like, you have trained stunt people to do yeah. these things is because it really does. You hurt. learn how to fall properly, <laughs> not like an idiot when you're falling and falling, and you're like, "Ow!" It, it's been like ten takes, and it hurts. Like, <laughs> um, so we, but we have really gr- a really great stunt team. I mean. These guys, they work hard, they work long hours, and they're really, really great at what they do. And I think there's some behind-the-scenes stuff of mm-hmm. showing, like, what what they're capable of. I mean, they're these guys are are awesome. I mean, just to watch them work is, is kind of amazing. No, I'm sure they're that's incredible. Human. No. <laughs> They're very werewolfy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then also Nerdy Success says, I love Styles and Derek moments. I believe that's called Steric. (laughs) And I think the vet is a witch. I don't want Erica to be dead. Sad face. Um, I don't want Erica to be dead either. Uh, But like I said last week, I think it was her seizures and not Deucalion's crew that did it. And they think that the vet is a witch. What do you think about that, Sarah? I've been wondering this because um, we also have like the guidance counselor too, and I, I think that they're both the same thing, mm-hmm. and I'm not really sure what that is, and I've been trying to figure it out, and, and like, are they more? I know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah. Are you gonna taunt that? And just like hold it over our heads. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. That's all I've been allowed like, to say. They keep mentioning guidance, so I'm like, are they psychics? Can they yeah. tell the future? Like. 
Greek mythology has been mentioned in this show where they mm-hmm. had like the shapeshifter related to like the Furies and all this stuff. So I'm like, in my head, do you remember like the crones with like the one eye? Yeah. Like that's, I know they're not that obvious yeah. because they're way more attractive. Soothsayers? Yeah, but like, I don't know. There's, they're obviously something supernatural and they've been around yeah, no. for a long time. <laughs> So. Yeah, no. For sh- they know something. They know a lot that we don't. And what side <laughs> are they on? That's my That's a good question. Point. Like in this with the hunt, like what's whose side is she really on? She obviously helped Allison. They're there for to, to protect the realm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're watching a lot of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> is this the realm now, the realm of TV. I Wars. am the king. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen, in the booth. Okay, we'll get. We just want to thank a few more people, and then we'll get back on the other topics. Uh, we want to give a quick shout out to Inez, to Kayla Kaus, to Will Smalls, Calra Quinn, Anthony, Salma, Stephen B, Wolf's Wind, the Get Something Nice, James Taylor, and P. Tar. Thank you guys for your comments, and we will continue to read them each week. So leave those comments, tweet at us. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. <laughs> now we're going to get into the topic of Lydia's supernatural sense. So Lydia or doesn't... is it? Well, she doesn't have, like, an official role in the show yet, <clears throat> uh, other than tormenting styles. <laughs> I mean, poor Lydia, right? She, basically, she was told she's going to have nightmares forever. And, the, and we've kind of learned that these are more than nightmares, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, they brought back... Oh my goodness, my I, my hand, mind just went completely blank. Peter, um, they brought Peter. him back, mm-hmm. and now they're connected to the lifeguard death. But I'm confused. I I want to know more. I need to know more. Like, why did she? Was she sense the body at the pool? But she didn't really sense the other bodies. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm, in, I'm interested. I'm confused. She sees dead people. She, I think she she's a seer. Yeah, oh, wait, for sure. She did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean she she got in her car to go get the medicine, and she ends up at the pool. <laughs> and she later explains the styles. Look, I just got in my car, and I didn't know where I was until I got there. So that's very scary for that to be happening to her. And um, I really think that Allison should team up with Styles and Lydia and form their own pack. What do you think? No, no, Team no. human. <laughs> Team human. I think they could use Danny. That's a maybe. good, that's a great point. Danny's help. They need, yes, they, they, they need Danny. almost always get Danny's help, and then, he, I don't know, he just I mean, but still Danny doesn't know Styles anything. Together, so much brain power. Danny and Styles. Yes. Think about this. So, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, and Lydia, smartest people on the show. That's a good point. It'd be like a walking encyclopedia all yeah. the time. They um, are they are pretty smart. No, I didn't even, yeah, yeah, like, Lydia. All okay, really he, like smart. it's Styles' deductive reasoning. Yes, and like he can figure. He he like connects all the dots. Mm-hmm. Lydia's just super smart. She's gonna lead them to the like, body. Knows all everything in the books. She's so, leading the them. Yeah, and Danny's like, uh, you need a Google search. Okay, there you go. <laughs> like all and then, together, and then Allison will hunt Mastermind. and kill. Mind. <laughs> yeah, she's the muscle. So so yes, we got the human pack, and then yeah, I think Lydia is a seer. Um, she's getting these massive headaches from visions, which is why she had that empty can- ibuprofen bottle. And people are saying, like, she sees visions and Deucalion's blind. So what does that mean this season? Who knows if that's a parallel or not. And like the Kenema last season, these aren't your mainstream, like, natural creatures. So it's nice to see but hard to predict 
um, that these these creatures seem to be only found in Jeff Davis's imagination, and he's the creator of Teen Wolf and of Criminal Minds. So I don't, I can't tell for sure, like what's behind these murders yet. But I feel like it's going to be a creature that no one knows about yet that we can't imagine. But I, it's strictly from Jeff. I totally <laughs> know what you're saying. It's like. I kind of have a vibe about what they can do, but I can't name them because it's like the show has made such like a niche of its supernaturals, and I mm-hmm. that's great. Like its you, ships, shapeshifters. I, 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 I don't know. Like I I do know a little bit about the the inner workings, <laughs> just a little bit. Um, not 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 a whole lot. Uh, but I I do know that that they the the writers source a lot from existing mythology. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, like, there's a, there's a ton of stuff that comes from Jeff that, like, I mean, his brain is <laughs> so we need to be unimaginable. Reading the books. We need to be reading books. I, I mean, like, uh, there, he's very, I mean, Jeff knows a lot, and he's, he's, he, uh, he, he's a big fan of horror and a big fan of, um, of, of just the, the entire genre. So, when, when he's putting together these the stories, and again, like I'm not, I'm not Jeff Davis, but uh, but when he's putting, <laughs> but when he's, when he's putting together like these stories and these these characters, uh, uh, there is there's some that's pulled. You know, he tries to kind of stick with mm-hmm. with the family of mythology, so that way it's you know people are like, oh okay, like it's not totally just pulled out of nowhere. Um, I mean, I don't really <clears throat> mind that it's something. I give props to him when you know we have these fresh takes of creatures yeah. that I've never seen or thought of before. It's Props to him to come up with something like that. And I'm excited to see what it is. But Maddie said on YouTube that he actually thinks that Lydia is behind these killings. <laughs> well, Maddie, I'm not sure. Why is it so unbelievable? <laughs> Why? Well, that's what everyone was saying last season. They thought that she was the Kenema. I, I mean, I thought she was the Kenema, too. I thought that they were both mm-hmm. Kenemas. I thought it was her and Jackson, and they, like, found each other. Kenema family. That's what I was thinking. I was totally and they form wrong. one big what? Kenema. <laughs> like the like twins. The twins. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I was wrong. So, but, I mean, I mean I'm going to go out on a limb, and I don't think she is responsible. No. And I think that there's... In my head, there's something way more to do with these bugs. Like, the fact that I think her mm-hmm. name was Emily was taken away or something by that swarm of bugs. And the fireflies were mentioned so much. Mm-hmm. I just feel like there ha- there has to be some connection there. I don't think that that would just be placed in there. So much good writing in this that right. there's a point to it. Let's go ahead and get into our last topic, the virgin sacrifices. And people are starting to respect and recognize Styles' detective work as we see Scott's mom go ahead and call him in. And um, they start examining. She wants to show him that the ligature marks where they were strangled. And um, Styles is like, that's not very werewolfy. So we get that little hint that it's not a werewolf that's responsible for this. And I guess not do Kalian's pack either because they are werewolves as well. I mean, I don't think werewolves have to, like, go through all the trouble of knocking someone in the head and using as some sort of strangulation device. I think they can kill a lot easier than that, so... Um, unless, I mean, unless they do. It's, it's like, you, you just don't... Unless one werewolf doesn't want to get its nails hurt. Or unless there's, there's, like, a reason that they have to do it that way, or... I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know. I can't say anymore. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. 
Okay, so we, we he's examining the lifeguard, and then unfortunately we get the reveal of Heather, and we knew it was coming. But did I, you really? I, yeah, we knew she was going to be dead, but it was so sad because you know Scott or Styles, he was like finally a girl that was really interested in him, and she's taken away. And I would obviously not want to see my friend laying on the table and. I'm not sure why Scott's mom felt like she needed to share that. I guess because she, she knew he would he would know what was going on. But I was just like, no, don't show him that. Yeah. I felt really bad in that moment. And um, then we see Emily suffers the same fate later. But I'm glad we got to see more sexual diversity in this episode between the females because we've yeah. seen it before on the show with the males, but not with the females. So I'm glad that we got to see that this episode. I mean, how great was it? Like, how great mm-hmm. was the opening? to the episode even uh, like I was watching it and again like a a lot of times like we don't we see maybe rough cuts here and there or like if I'm you know if we're not on set for the the, that scene being shot Mm -hmm. we don't usually see it until the show comes out I mean we we read it but it's I mean the fireflies and then the, the camping and like the way that the 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 romantic situation that was set up I mean and then those two the chemistry was like it was awesome. It yeah, was awesome. I felt it. Yeah, it yeah. was. It, it was a moment to share. Like, I actually felt like it was a happy situation. It was, and it was compared to all the killing going on everywhere else. Well, and then, and, but that's but that's what makes it such a good, a mm-hmm. great break. Is like you start off happy, and <laughs> and then and then you smash you, it to pieces. Yeah, you crush it, and and. Phew. And it just falls apart. But, uh, yeah, Beacon Hills, it's a bad place to be a virgin right now. And uh, purity rings are probably on sale, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, I wouldn't want to be a virgin in that. And, and a lot of people are suspecting, unfortunately, that, like, Styles, you know, he's a virgin. And they're, like, worried about him. But, um, so and I Emily... Think we need to be worried about Styles. Right. Constantly worried about Styles. <laughs> Emily, like Heather, they were both hallucinating before being taken away to these sacrifices. Uh, Heather with the bottles and then Emily with the insects crawling on all over her. Like, is someone controlling the animals? Like, that's obviously part of it as well. And and why are they seeing the hallucination and the people around them aren't seeing it? Because, like, when Styles got to the basement, the bottles were all clear. I mean, I definitely agree. I think that there is some sort of connection that's, like, to me, undeniable, because it's just so present. But I want to know what supernatural force it's connected to, and I really have no idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. The- I knew. <laughs> <laughs> we find out that it's um, we find out it's called the threefold death, which is they get strangled, they get their head bashed in, and then their throat slashed, which is going to be like this ritual. And we and Styles figures out it's like sacrifices of virgins. And that was so interesting because, like, when it was happening, I was like, oh, serial killer. I wasn't thinking mm-hmm. sacrifice. So that's mm-hmm. a totally different spin. Yes. And I was really excited by that because I was, I was just going about, like, the serial killer route. Someone went out with a vengeance. But sacrifice makes it seem even more intense. Like, it's obviously in the service of something. And if it's if someone's sacrificing, who are they sacrificing to or what? Like, is there even bigger crazy killer power coming or yeah and what about the tribal chant that we heard playing once styles figured that out that was epic music i, I have to uh, you know I, I have to give credit to both our music supervisor and our composer mm-hmm. i mean both of them dino dino dino, dino um and and laura uh-huh. are 
incredible at what we we're, we're so lucky to have them i mean dino composes this he puts together this music himself like i mean from his mind his creative mind he just like it's comes so up with these cinematic things like, i made this and, <laughs> and and then and it goes so well i mean the mm-hmm. build the crescendos the um the racing down to the to the boiler room that whole piece of music is just unbelievable and and it, it even it gets better it just it gets i mean in the in the next few episodes there are some other pieces i never because i've already heard them uh-huh. and it's just it's epic. Oh, I'm excited it's, for the music. Yeah, the, Laura, and and then Laura finds like these these bands from like from like around the world that you <laughs> n- you never knew you would love, and mm-hmm. and like like you just you just haven't loved yet. Like you're gonna love them, and and they they just they do such a great. They job. fit so well. Yeah. Like I always recognize the the sound and the yeah. musical soundtrack and the composition of, uh, of it's the cinematic. music. It's, it's very so cinematic, cinematic because it draws you into what's happening. It really does. The the sound, it's just like one more of your senses. We got the guys, and then when you bring your ears in, it's just like you're totally pulled in, and you're feeling so much emotion can be yeah. stirred with this music, and they're doing a wonderful job, and yeah. it, it really puts you on the edge of your seat, makes you root for you know the superhero team in yeah. the beginning of this episode. It makes you feel magical and charming when we're trying to catch fireflies, and then it completely makes you scared off your seat whenever we're talking about the threefold death and tribal chanting well, like and and to go i mean it, to go from from you know it's, it's amazing to see how we go from just the shots mm-hmm. just the just the the you know the acting and the the um, camera work to everything else that's put into it into the production to get it to where it is when you see it on tv it is i mean we again we see rough cuts here and there right but it is i'm always excited to see you know how much it's changed and how much has been improved by everything else that's gone into it since we shot it. Right. We need to give a shout out to Ed and, and yeah. Corey who uh, dude, edited this. All of our editors, all of our editors, They're I mean, our whole team, our cast, our, our entire crew, our whole post-production crew. Mm-hmm. We're, we're extremely blessed to have such a, a just a great team on the show. Yeah. That's I mean, I'm excited. Watching, yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. So now to, to talk about Peter, Peter kind of steps in uh, to, like, prevent Derek from going on this mission in the beginning. And he's talking about living, that they live in the gray areas and Scott lives in the black and white areas and let him live in the moral code area and we are survivors and we live in the gray. This was, like, very spooky, but it's like, what is Peter's agenda in town? Like, he said he was there to help, but... Now he's just trying to interfere and, like, he's actually promoting Derek to just let his pack kill people and and stand by and not to get involved in Deucalion's plan. I'm not sure if he's advising him. I'm not sure if he has something to do with this threefold death tribal chant. You know, he was resurrected from the dead, so what is maybe he has to do, like, sacrifices to stay alive? I have no idea, but I'm not sure his agenda I mean, in my opinion, Peter's just one of those characters who kind of functions on, like, a master plan level. Like, mm-hmm. in my head, he's he's always thinking about what's happening further down the line, whereas I feel like when you watch Scott, it's much more, <laughs> besides Allison, who's like, eventually I'm getting you back, everything else is like he's dealing with it as it's hitting him, because so much is always going on in his life that it's not really coming up with a plan 
as much versus Peter, I feel like that's how he thinks. It's right. all about like the bigger picture and where it's going to end up. And I felt like this, that's the same with um, it just I, it varies by character. So for me, Peter is manipulative and he's thinking something else. Yeah. And he's very shady. Yes. And he's not all good. And he definitely operates in shades of gray. <laughs> but I really like how they brought this up because this is a really gray show. It's black and white, but there's a lot of gray hues. And it's just, you know, it's constantly that fight between good and evil, right and wrong. And then the people, the choices they make, just like in Game, Game of Thrones, you know, and, and the different ways they go of solving it. Peter would have let, you know, his pack kill people. But Derek is trying to, to get involved and stop them, and Scott lives in a black-and-white moral world, so his choice is to contain them, not kill them. So it's interesting to see how they all would handle the situation differently. Well, and Scott, I feel like Scott does a pretty good job of, like, just making a decision one way or another and, and sticking with the black-and-white, mm-hmm. because even when he's been put in difficult situations, it's always just been like, well, there's only one like black or white there's never any gray for him Mm -hmm. which is what i feel like makes makes him the you know almost like the true pure hero yeah um but at the same time you know you have you have derek and peter who teeter back and forth they but they've they've been weathered a bit you know it's like They've been through a lot. Like Peter's been resurrected. Um, <laughs> there was that one yeah. scene, <laughs> and, and 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 he's had you know the alpha stolen from him, um, right? And and I feel you know in in a good uh, in a good show that has a, a fair amount of conflict, you want know, to you want to have characters that that present or that that are put in those situations where, yeah, there's black and white until you know you you strip away all this and you put them in the worst situation possible and mm-hmm. then you see what like what decisions they truly make and that's always what shows like your you know where your heart point. is and i felt like a lot of the choices they weren't ma- were making weren't even just between right and wrong it was more of to even get involved or find your place and that's not right and wrong that's just like degrees and so i mean derek i feel like has more potential for good and where peter is going to sway him or pull him will be interesting to see. That's a good point. And one last thing, talking about the fireflies, they aren't bioluminescent in California. They don't glow. So having them in California... Didn't they look great? They looked amazing. They looked awesome. They looked they awesome. pretty damn amazing. So what what is that symbolizing, that they're in town? There's, there's a this new force, this unusual species is now in this town. I mean, what does that symbolize? And I, and I really liked how we got that kind of when the werewolves were in the boiler, boiler room and it was dark and their eyes glow, it looked like fireflies, so that was a nice... I'm connecting it to the killings um, or the virgin murder thingies the rituals <laughs> the I sacrifices think, i mean i think that's what it's connected to but we will find out <sighs> yes okay guys well now we want to get into our interview with kiahu wow. thanks again for joining us <laughs> I got, uh, something, something came up i gotta go <laughs> So I'm always really interested in aspects of how our childhood leads us to make certain specific career choices. What from your childhood would you say contributed to you choosing to be an actor? Uh, I, my curiosity for life. And I know that sounds really broad, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, it's, it's honestly something that I feel I was, I was born with is just a 
huge curiosity in everything. Um, I, I sometimes find that I like have too many hobbies and I want to like do everything. And I, I, I like to do it myself, like do it yourself stuff. I love. I'm like I can figure out how to do that. <laughs> and when I was a kid, when I was like uh, I think maybe like a ten or eleven, people used to ask me a lot what I wanted to do. And I guess it's like the age. And I, you know, I, thinking about it, I was like, you know, I I, I don't. I don't know. Like I, I, I kind of want. There's a couple of the a couple of things I want to do. I said, but why? Why wouldn't I want to be an actor? Like an actor, like you get to be anything. You can. You don't never have to choose a job. You can be you can anyone. Learn them all. Yeah, and you can be something even more. I mean, you can be like an alien or like. A, <laughs> That's a great or, point. Or, or an astronaut. Like it. Like things that that may not necessarily be accessible to you or werewolf. Um, <laughs> and and and, it, and all these supernatural things are all like these things that you know haven't been, you know that they're more in the imagination rather than rea- in reality, and it it kind of died for a little while because just my situation and um, the reality and practicality of you know like acting is not I feel is not always an easily accessible career. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I you know I I, I went to uh, went to school for for engineering and um and then eventually changed into liberal arts and i always stayed very creative and very much into photography um always trying to express myself some way artistically and then the acting thing just kept coming back and kept coming back and when teen wolf came around you know i was doing some acting on the side uh, alongside a, a, a corporate job and it just it was just like this is where I need to be. This is everything needs that. Like everything was happening and pointing me in this direction right. and saying, it's, this is what's where you, you belong. And I, you know, where I am now, three years later on Teen Wolf, it's, I'm, I'm very happy. Much, right. much more happier than in corporate America. Would you I say? Mean, <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's a different world. It's yeah. a different world. To, 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 to each his own. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it, it can be very nerve wracking and stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, in acting, but you know, you, you learn to just em- embrace whatever whatever you're doing, and as long as you you find like the things that you enjoy and try and and try and foster those in anything, anything. It doesn't have to be, in the corporate world, the entertainment world, the you know, being an artist or um, an engineer. Like you can find the joy, but it's but you just have to make it accessible to yourself. And I feel like that's you know, the gates will open. And point you in the right direction. That was a great motivation. And I've never gotten such a great answer of why someone Um, chose a certain career. But yeah, I really do think that we're all born to a bias to some pursuit, hopefully. And it's great that you found yours and it seems like you're in the right place and feeling at home. Um, Do you want the werewolf bite? (laughs) In real life or in Teen Wolf? In (laughs) Teen Wolf. Because I'm like, in real life? I don't know. It doesn't seem like as much trouble as they make it on Teen Wolf. Um, I'm like super, super hearing, super sight. I don't have to wear like glasses or anything. Um, I I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it seems like more trouble than it's worth. And, and it's in Teen Wolf, every time something good happens, there it is like you get to roll the good dice and the bad dice. And the bad dice can be really bad. So 
I'm just letting it go where it needs to go. Go with the flow. <laughs> let it flow. Yeah. Yeah, just let it flow. Go. So we're not sure if Danny wants or doesn't want a bite. Well, I'm curious. Like you mentioned, like how you have a curiosity for all of these different things before Teen Wolf or with Teen Wolf. Did you have a curiosity about like the sci-fi, fantasy, oh, or yeah. genre? It's just, oh yeah. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. I feel like there's a story. So when did that? this start? <laughs> um. No, uh, yeah, when I was, when I was a kid, I, I, you know, I was pretty big, big, like, geek, and I didn't even know, because I just, I, it was just stuff I used to watch on TV, or, like, I played a lot of video games, and, uh, I, I watched a lot of Star Trek, and Star Wars, and I remember when I, I was a little kid watching Star Wars, and I, I would have flashbacks growing up, like, when I was still a kid, uh, of like this movie that I that I watched, and I would describe it to to my my uh, my family, trying to figure out what it was. It was Return of the Jedi, <laughs> um, and I, and I, it was like the the scene where Luke and Leia are oh, talking. Be careful with spoilers. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just kidding. I'm like, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> um, do I know something that uh, uh, Star Wars? Yeah. Star unknown. Wars spoilers. Yeah, Star Wars spoilers. Everybody, shut off if you like you haven't seen them. Um, no, but it was it was a scene with Luke and Leia when they're talking, and he's like, he's like, I have to go, and, and then Han Solo's like, what was that all about? Like getting jealous. Like that, for some reason, like that was the scene that I remembered. <laughs> this is what played in your head yeah. growing up. And I just remember like like it, yeah, it was it was like the tree. The I think it was like the treehouse thing that I liked as a kid. Um, You're not alone. I did the same thing. I, I, I'm, I'm serious. I passed my mythology classes in high school because of TV shows I had watched. You learn stuff. I mean, sci-fi is so, sci so smart. <laughs> it's so sm I mean, it's, it's... I'm a werewolf hunter now after the last episode. <laughs> yeah. Teen Wolf teaches me a lot. Anyway, can you talk about like, Danny's... Can we, can we talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about Danny's last name in the show and, and what that means? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, the mysterious last name. Uh, that <laughs> that only, we only hear like once or twice. It's uh, Mahalani. And it's a Hawaiian word that means a night of the heavenly moon. Or it, it has a, f a couple different variations of how it's translated. But yeah, obviously, like, t uh, Jeff picks out very he, he's very specific about <laughs> and, and intentional about like things that he picks out and I don't even know why he goes with the things he does but I always know that there's like you know some kind of purpose behind it. Wait can you repeat that one more time the last name meaning because that, I, I, that was a shock for me I hadn't heard that information. Night of the Heavenly Moon. Night of the Heavenly Moon. That could I'm going to have to ponder about no. this. I, I mean that could be some foreshadowing. Or like Night, Night of, of the Full Heavenly Moon yeah. It sounds Seriously. like you and yeah. heavenly, like I mean, you, you, I, I don't know. You're gonna be a knight this season. That's basically what I get out of it. <laughs> but hey, guys, let's uh, go ahead and roll into predictions. <laughs> I'm like, am I allowed to play that, this game? Yes, I don't know if you're allowed to talk. <laughs> well, obviously, our first prediction is Danny's the knight of the heavenly moon, and that's gonna happen this gonna season. Get angel wings and a sword. <laughs> Um, but I think that Derek and Mrs. Blake's relationship will blind Derek as love usually does and distract him from, you know, what he should be focusing on. I'm writing this down. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> We're gonna put it in the time capsule. And I really don't I think mean, like let's take down the bets. <laughs> I'm gonna win. <laughs> uh, yeah, you would win the predictions. Um, I don't think that Deucalion is responsible for the murders because in the preview he says that he's just not in town for a simple murder. He's there to show them just how much vision a blind man can have. I think the mythical creature is something we haven't seen before, as I said earlier. So what do you think, Sarah? I completely agree with that. I think that the murders are some other supernatural being that I'm excited to like come into play. And I'm really excited to see how that affects the Alpha Pack as well. Because um, obviously when the Alpha Pack came into town, we saw an alliance. And before that, when the Hunters came into town, we saw an alliance. So we're getting a new supernatural character. It's going to be new alliances. Um, so I'm really excited for that. And I love Kristen's like watching my face. Like, <laughs> I'm like looking for spoilers for on so your I'm like, face. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> nope. Should we just test nope. him? We got a like, poker face up in here. This person. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, that's it for this week. You can find me at Cinematic Escape, or you can check out my blog, Cinematic Escape. You can bing it or Google it. Sarah, where can we find you? You can find me here on Teen Wolf or on True Blood on Sundays. After Buzz. And Kiahu, where can we find you? You can find me on Teen Wolf <laughs> every week, Monday. Uh, or on Twitter at Kiahu Kahuanui, which is K E A H U K A H U A N U I. Just play that back slowly. Learn it. Yeah. Know how to say yeah. it if you see them. <laughs> if you can't spell it, then I don't know. You shouldn't be following me. No, you should follow me anyway. You should follow me anyway. No. Follow or don't. Keanu, I don't know. I don't know. Kahuanui. Yeah. And thank you so much for joining us this week. Thanks for having me. Hey, guys. Next week, we're going to have Jessica and Alyssa, who wrote episode four and are good, good friends of Kiahu. So tune in next week. And thank you guys so much. Thank you. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 